fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast, and you are here for a very special episode uh, uh, this week on a very special episode of... Um, we're talking about the Golden Raspberry Awards oh. for, for 1991 movies. Um, oh. Patrick... My soul is mostly prepared. How's yours? I I can I mm, depends that mm, yeah okay I think I'm ready okay my soul is mostly prepared at night mostly <laughs> yeah yeah yes ladies I, and gentlemen that's a mashup reference between aliens and uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade if I had a mic drops yeah. I have a microphone in front of me but I don't want to break it so I'm not going to drop it yeah <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Now you've done these. You've done these golden. You've done the Razzies episodes before, right? I did. I did. I was actually going to look that up and see. I, there was one of our kind of early on one of our episodes uh, where I did the the Razzies. Um, I want to say it was several years ago now, though. And um, I just, I'm, I'm just going to say, watching through the movies in question for the Razzies is always a bit of a chore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Some. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 In fact. Uh, oh, here we go. It was. Uh, it was five years ago, Pat. Oh wow! It took me that long to recover from those Razzies. Yeah. This is the first. Well, this is obviously the first one I've been on. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah. Episode. It's interesting. Episode it's number. Interesting. Uh, episode number ninety-eight. Really. That was a while ago. That was a while ago, man. Yeah. Well, time flies. Yeah. So episode number 98, it was the Razzies of 1986. We did that one November 1st of 2016. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the movies that time were uh, Under the Cherry Moon, starring Prince, uh, okay. Shanghai Surprise with Sean Penn and Madonna, um, okay. Haunted Honeymoon with Dom DeLuise, Gene Wilder, and Gilda Radner. And uh, mm-hmm. Dennis's all-time favorite, Howard the Duck. Oh wow! So that's a uh, a powerhouse lineup of movies there. Did we do Howard the Duck not as a Razzie? I remember talking about that one. We did Howard the Duck not as a Razzie, um, and I I can't tell you exactly what the episode number is. I can look it up real fast. Um, all I know is that the title of that episode was called Vomit Breath because that was a comment yeah. that Dennis made about. The movie Howard the Duck itself. Yeah, he he was not happy in that one. 
I think actually, he walked. He left the set. He he did. Actually, here's the description. It's from earlier in that same year, um, episode number 73. And the description for that episode is, what can one say about Howard? One podcaster left the room. Another threatened to throw up. Come along with us as we question ourselves, humanity, and the fate of time and space. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty accurate. So if you want to go check out our episode on Howard the Duck, it's from about five years ago, episode number 73. You can get there by going to 30podcast.com and checking it out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, was not good. <sighs> and here we are. And the funny thing about the Razzies is, I mean, we've watched, for lack of a better term, we've watched some stinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure that too many of the other movies we've watched have actually made it to the Razzies. Yeah. So why don't, um, I mean, the Razzies, they're awards, right? Given. Like, yes. So that's not just some mm-hmm. colloquial, colloquialism. Mm-hmm. Colloquialism. Yeah. I feel like Jack Sparrow trying to say parlay. Who gives these awards? Like, I know the Academy gives the Academy Awards right there. I'm so informed. The Academy gives the Academy Academy Awards. Who who are the Razzie people that give the Razzie Awards? Yeah, it is. So the Golden Raspberry Awards um, are, I'm trying to remember who actually gives them out, how it's, how it's kind of voted on. Um, let me go to, yeah, let me see if I can go to that. Um, I, I was on the page for these Razzie Awards, the 12th Golden Raspberry Awards, um, let me just go to the general page for the golden raspberries. Uh, mm-hmm. Golden uh, Wikipedia is our friend here. Uh, the Golden mm-hmm. Raspberry Awards, also known in short terms as Razzies and Razzie Awards, is a parody award show honoring the worst of cinematic underachievements. Co-founded by UCLA, UCLA film graduates and film industry veterans John J.B. Wilson and Mo Murphy, the Razzie Awards satirical annual ceremony has preceded its opposite, the Academy Awards, for four decades. Okay. So apparently it is now like it's 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 been around for 40 years. Um so it is it kind of has its own thing now. So now it's uh, presented by the Golden Raspberry Award Foundation. Okay. So it's and, and it's, when it says, it's serious it says stuff. It pre- yeah, when it says it preceded, that's not like they're older than the um Academy Awards. It's that they give those out like the day before or something? Uh, correct. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I see. Fun, I see. Fun times. Well, fun times. well, here we are. I, you know. Yeah. So I, I think we're ready to, let's let's do our quick little spiel here and tell people that uh, we do spoil the movies we talk about. With these movies, you might not care. Um, yeah. Be, because yeah, we might they're... we might save you a few hours. Yeah, they're pretty spoiled. So they're, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk rotten tomatoes. Mm-hmm. These are all fairly rotten. Um, oh yes. Although, and we'll get into that. Some of them were not as bad as I thought they might be. No, no, they weren't. So I, I gotta give, I gotta give a few tiny little props, uh, to some of these movies. Cause it wasn't, uh, some of them were not as absolutely terrible as I expected. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to rewatch no. them ever again, but they weren't as terrible no. as I expected. Yeah. We are also part of the Scene Stealers podcast network, so if you haven't checked them out yet, Scene Stealers has got a a huge roster of movie and TV stars that can be booked for a Comic-Con or other type of event. For more information, go to scenestealersglobal.com and check them out. 
Uh, then you can also head over to our website, as I mentioned earlier. That's a great way to find all of our past episodes, 30podcast.com, 30podcast. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Um, there you can rate the show, you can leave a voicemail, you can become a co-executive producer via Patreon and get access to some of our bonus episodes as well as the possibility of coming on the show yourself or giving us a, a movie to talk about. So there's all kinds of different uh, levels of support uh, where you can become a co-executive producer with us there. So go check that one out. Um, head over to 30podcast.com to find all of that and all of our past episodes before this. Um, this one is episode number 381, The Razzies of 1991 Movies. It is from the 12th annual Raspberry Awards that took place. Um, so I, I actually have a real quick news thing that, um, just came out today, just as, as we were getting ready to record this, I saw this earlier today. Um, Dean Stockwell has passed away. He was 85 years old and I was, I've said before, I was always a huge fan of quantum leap. Um, you know, I've seen him in some other movies, married to the mob. Um, you know, even though we didn't care for, uh, blue velvet very much, he, he did have a great part in blue velvet. Um, he was in, uh, he was in Dune, the eighties version of Dune. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then we were just, we were talking a little bit before we were recording, um, about how my wife and I are on like our fourth rewatch of the newer Battlestar Galactica. And of course he was a, a character in that one. So, um, and I want to say he had a, uh, he had a number of the, Hey, it's that guy roles. I mean, I don't know if Dean Stockwell can be considered a that guy, but I think early on, like, I know he was in the A team. Um, in one of the episodes, maybe two, he, definitely one of the episodes. So yeah, he has, he has somewhere upwards of like 200 movie and TV credits. So, so he is, yeah. he is definitely a, that guy. Um, partially too, what I read about him was that he really, he kind of had a love hate relationship with acting. Um, he started, okay. he started very, very young, like one of his first movies. Um, I want to say he was in a movie with, was it Frank Sinatra? He was in, as a child, he was in movies with like Frank Sinatra and uh, Gregory Peck and all kinds of other people. Had, you know, some of his first roles when he was seven and 10 years old. And, and mm -hmm. he actually didn't care for acting, but as he kept trying to get away from it, um, he kind of found that he felt like, well, I don't really have the skills for anything else. So he would, he would go back to acting for a little bit, and then he would get jobs in, like, real estate or construction or railroads. Um, and then I guess he became a hippie for a while in the 60s. Um, huh. And then, yeah, so just kind of off and on, he would he'd act for a little while, and then he'd get sick of acting, so he'd disappear for a while. And then he'd come back to acting. And um, so it kind of sounds like he, uh, you know, he had a, a bit of an off and on relationship with, with uh, you know, his his. I don't want to say chosen profession because I don't know if it sounds like he chose it, but interesting. But yeah, so a, a normally lot of, uh... a lot of credits. He was in a lot of stuff. Um, here's the one that kind of surprised me though. His, uh, his father, his dad um, was the voice of Prince Charming in the, in the original um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves cartoon. Oh, that's interesting. The original Disney movie. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people have the day job that, you know, they have to keep coming back to, to get away from, uh, or to make money for acting. And, you know, his, uh, acting was kind of his day job yeah. <laughs> while he was trying to figure out something else. Yeah. 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 That would be, uh, well, it's, it's a shame. Cause I mean, he, he did a lot of great things. I mean, I've seen him in a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, okay. I'm going to go out. Was he in, 
was he in the Adams family? Uh, the original TV show? No, 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 the movie with uh, Raul Julia. Hmm. I don't think so. Wasn't it Mr. Who was, am I just messing him up? I mean, okay. And the whole be, listening you audience. Be, you might be thinking of somebody is, else. Am I doing, I'm thinking of that guy. Who is the main bad guy in that? That like, you know, was like, was supposed to be his lawyer or whatever. Oh yeah. No, no, no. That was, um, oh gosh. What is am his I name? T- yeah. Di- different person. Okay. See, you know what? It's funny because it wasn't that one of our three questions one time, who are two actors that you already mess that you always mess up. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anybody. And I do this like, was it like Dan I do this Hedaya? all the time. Was that his name? Okay. Okay. So that was not him. Yes. Dan Hedaya. Mm. He played uh, Tully. Yeah. He was the, he was the bad guy, kind of the, the attorney. Okay. So that wasn't him. No, all right. Not him. Well, yeah, no, mind. I know he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, he was, let's see, I was going to check and see. He was in, um, he was in a whole bunch of episodes of the TV show Jag. Um, okay. He was, I mean, he's been in one-off episodes oh. of, you know, Batman cartoons, the Tony Danza show. Um, you know, he's been a lot of different, a lot of different movies. He was in the Rainmaker. He was in Air Force One. He was in McHale's Navy. Um, mm-hmm. He was in what else? Um, he was in Lois and Clark for an episode. Uh, he was okay. in Quantum Leap, Quantum Leap for just about all the episodes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Planet. He was in Captain Planet and the Planeteers, the TV, the cartoon that was on. Um, okay. Yeah, tons of stuff. Okay. Wow, for a guy that like really didn't want to act. Yeah, that's what's what's kind of funny about it is that he is in a ton of stuff for somebody that had a love-hate relationship with acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like his his first movies were um, like uh, he was in an Abbott and Costello movie as a kid. Um, He was in Anchors Away. Uh, He was in just a bunch of different stuff. Um, Anchors Away, let's see, I think that was the one with Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly. Um, but yeah, just as a kid, he had a lot of parts with a lot of famous people. So, and that just, and that just burned him out from it. Was that what it was? It burned him out from it. Was it burnout or was it just kind of like, oh, this isn't quite my thing. I don't know. I I couldn't quite tell from the, the news article that I was reading. Um, but he was, he was quoted as saying that, um, that when he was a kid and he was in a whole bunch of different movies, uh, he was quoted later on as saying, I thought this acting thing was going to be done by the time I was 10, and then I could move on to <laughs> something else, and that didn't happen. Interesting. So so it's kind of like the, the, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, before we jump into the uh, Razzie Awards, there were two little uh, trivia tidbits here that I wanted to share uh, before we jump in. Um, according to according to Wikipedia page, um, the most awarded actors – in the Razzie Awards, are Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone with 10, um, and Madonna is the most awarded actress with 9. Okay. So. Okay. So, Hollywood, whatever you do, do not cast Sylvester Stallone and Madonna in the same movie. Yeah. Have they ever appeared in the same movie? I'm not sure if they have. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. <sighs> they have, but but don't do it because that's that's kind of like in in isn't um in Star Trek don't they always say like you can't mix matter and antimatter? Right. Right. I think that would be what would result if you put them together in a movie. That would be the crossing of the streams. Yeah, don't cross the streams. Crossing the streams while crossing the Rubicon. Right. It's, it's bad. Thanks. Good safety tip. That's thanks, Egon. Okay, important safety tip. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we ready to talk about some not so amazing movies? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Let's let's do it. All right. Um, let's see. Our first one we're going to tackle here is. Uh, let's do, uh, we're gonna do return to the blue lagoon. So what I'm going to do for each of these, cause we've got several to talk about and we're, um, you know, we're not going to cover these as in depth as we normally would on an episode. We're going to talk for a few minutes about each one. Uh, what mm-hmm. I'll do is I'll go through and do the whole movie spiel thing. You know, who was in it, um, how much money it made, all that other stuff. And then I'll play, I've got the trailer audio for each of these movies. Um, I'll play that and then we'll talk about it for a few minutes and then we'll, we'll move on to the next deal. So then, then, then we'll do that. And in the case of the blue lagoon, we'll wake ourselves up after falling asleep and uh, you know, we'll go from there. There you go. There you go. Hey, don't, don't mince words, Pat. How'd you feel about this one? Oh, it was super exciting (laughs) sort of. All right. Well, this one was Return to the Blue Lagoon. It came out on the 2nd of August, 1991, rated PG-13. Runtime of one hour, 42 minutes. William A. Graham was the director. He died in 2013. Uh, He also directed CBS Playhouse and some episodes of The X-Files. Producer was also William A. Graham, uh, who also produced CBS Playhouse. Writers on this one were Henry Devere Stockpool, uh, he wrote the book this was based off of. He died in 1951. And Leslie Stevens wrote the screenplay. Uh, Leslie died in 1998. Stackpool wrote The Blue Lagoon and The Man Who Lost Himself. Stevens wrote for Buck Rogers in the 25th Century and The Name of the Game. Cinematography was done by Robert Stedman, who died in 2010. Uh, also did Above the Law and Never Say Never Again. Editor for this one was Ronald J. Fagan, who died in 2000. Uh, did the editing for the 1966 Batman movie and Journey into the Unknown. And music was done by Basil Polidorus, who died in 2006. He did Robocop, Hunt for Red October, and Conan the Barbarian. Budget for this one is $11 million. Box office is $2.8 million. Flick Oof. metrics, yeah, so it, did, it made nada. Um, mm-hmm. Flick metrics, which tr- combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd, gives us a 43%. Um, and CinemaScore gives it a B. Uh, this movie is starring Mila Jovovich as Lily Hargrave. She was in the Fifth Element and Resident Evil movies. Brian Krause was Richard Lestrange. He was in Charmed and Sleepwalkers. Lisa Pelican played Sarah Hargrave. She was in Lionheart and Julia. Courtney Barilla played Young Lily. She was in Maverick and Hunter. Garrett Ratliff Henson played Young Richard. He was in The Mighty Ducks and Arachnophobia. Brian Blaine, who died in 1994, played Captain Jacob Hilliard. He was in Neighbors, the TV series, and Sons and Daughters, the TV series. I think both Australian TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nana Coburn played Sylvia Hilliard. She was in a TV show called Blue Healers and Home and Away, another series. I think those might have both been um, Australian series as well. When the widow Sarah Hargrave washes ashore on a tropical island with her daughter and adopted son, she learns how to survive and raise the two children on her own. After her death, the kids, Lily and Richard, are forced to continue their uncivilized lives without any parental guidance. As they enter young adulthood, they begin to fall in love. Their Eden-like existence is threatened, however, when outsiders arrive on the island. 
It was the first motion picture to explore the innocence of natural love in a paradise filled with wonder. Now, the story continues for a new generation. <laughs> Columbia Pictures invites you to return to the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Two castaways alone in a world untouched by time. Through the eyes of innocence, they discover their sensuality. Do you remember Mother said what happened when I became a woman? Yes. Become one. Through the heart of danger. I like the way it makes me feel. They face every challenge nature has to offer. It feels all alive. Until the day <laughs> civilization invades their island paradise. Richard! Do it! <laughs> to be husband and wife yes. and tests the boundaries of their love return to the innocence return to the mystery return to the passion return to the blue lagoon out of innocence comes the most sensual love of all All right, Patrick. Um, mm. Let's. Uh, I, I feel like I need to start this off with the only way we can follow the description of what this movie is that was shared in the trailer <laughs> is. That's uh, that's extraordinary. <laughs> what would you like to do next? <laughs> <sighs> okay, um, Patrick. Would you like to talk about how a movie that explores the sensuality of a bunch of twelve-year-olds makes you feel? Yeah, that's just like, boy, that is totally not up my did, alley. I mean, I, that is just. Did I, I'm sorry if I buried the lead there, but. Yeah, I well, okay. So, I, I, so here's going to be my challenge in the episode tonight. I'm going to challenge myself to find something I liked in each movie. So I, I, I like the opening of this movie with all the, um, the, the scenes of the ship. You know, when they were on the sailing ship and it was not CGI, it was actually a sailing ship. Um, I thought that was cool. And it was nice to see a real sailboat and all that kind of stuff. So I enjoyed that part of it. And then I got to be honest, the the movie itself just kind of was boring. It was just kind of a yawn. I mean, I, I wish, I, I mean, I like the whole Robinson Crusoe kind of story beats, you know, Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe. Um, what's the movie with Tom Hanks? Oh, Castaway. Castaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's a fun premise. And, you know, I, I, I never saw The Blue Lagoon, but I think this one, its, its angle was kind of what they were saying in the, in the trailer where it was supposed to be kids and they're supposed to be innocent and then they're supposed to be kind of the, you know, the sensuality and it's supposed to be that whole aspect to the story and uh, i never saw the blue lagoon but I, I assume that obviously this was the trailer because the one kid um you know the adopted son he was supposed to be the son of the original blue lagoonites mm -hmm. right yep and um um <sighs> they died right because didn't they find them 
on the boat. They, they, and, yes, they, they died, Mr. Coach Klein. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I hate to be morbid, but I kind of laughed because the way they put them in, it was basically their bodies, but their heads were covered up. That kind of made me laugh, just the way they did that, yeah. right? Because it was like they had to have the cameo from the first two. You know what I'm saying? From the two from the first movie. Right. But the way they did it is they basically took two bodies, put white loincloths on them, and then covered just their heads in a shroud. So it was like, oh, no. It was like, okay, there you go. See, there's the people from the first one. Here's our continuity. All right, off we go back to the island. Yeah. yeah that, apparently, Brooke that, Shields is too good to play a corpse, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. So that that whole thing kind of cracked me up. Yeah. Um, okay, that being said, uh yeah, so, I, you know, I like the scenes with the boat. That was cool. And then they're off to the island, and then it was kind of, I mean, it, it was just kind of like vanilla. At that point, it was, and I like vanilla, so maybe that's the wrong reference, but it, well, the just, movie just kind of. Just wait Just wait till we get to one of our later movies. Okay. I, I, and, do, uh, I do not like vanilla. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, I, I don't know what else to say. It was just kind of it, the story kind of plotted along, and then the people got there, the the people from the other island, and there was a little bit of struggle. I mean, it wasn't like super amazing combat sequences or anything like that. Right. You didn't you didn't see much in the way of okay, how are they learning survival skills? I mean, even not that I would want to see a movie with you know twelve year olds in their sensuality, but I mean, it was like even that was pretty tame so the movie itself like it just kind of it just kind of stayed real down the center Mm -hmm. this movie made me realize just how terrible tom hanks is at surviving because yeah frankly this lady like she got everything taken care of with two kids in tow um like in in a fraction of the time it took tom hanks to figure out how to live on that island with that beach ball yeah, with, with, I know. With and my gosh, they so I'm like, they, I'm looking at this. I'm going, wow! Like she got this done in like 20 minutes. It took him. How long did it even take him to figure out how to get the water out of the coconut? And and here she is. She's like, <sighs> she's like fashioned a splint, and she's doing this in like five minutes. Okay, children, it's time to take a drink. Like, good lord, what? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Hanks, and then, Tom Hanks need to up his game here. And the kids were. I mean, they they blossomed up nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I mean, so, I mean, even that, it was it was a little bit of the whole fantasy kind of thing, you so, know. And I had never seen, I've never seen the original one. Um, You're right. So yeah. I, I don't have any way to compare the two. Um, I, you know what? I thought this movie was okay. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't, I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say I was bored. Um, but it just, what, it just didn't have a whole lot of substance. And. Right. The. the pieces that were there i found myself just kind of and, and i know it's it's you know you're you're living out your existence on a deserted island and so this is already you know it's already a work of fiction i i get all that but there were just bits and pieces of this that i was like okay so wait a minute they've lived on this island for eight ten years maybe and and so this island must be massive because at no point in time do any of the tribe of cannibals ever happen to find them? Right. In in the course of nearly a decade of living on this island, you're telling me they, they never run across them at all. Right. This island must be huge. It it must be enormous. Yeah. 
it so, must be I, there enormous. were just there were just some things like that um you know there were some things like i kind of and and you know maybe this is maybe the, or obviously it's probably not the intent of the movie to try to work through things like that but you know i thought if you were gonna go the route of well they're gonna fall in love and and uh because they don't really have anybody else um it would have been interesting to see that at least discussed a little bit um mm-hmm. because frankly it's, it's otherwise it's it's your sister right i mean granted i know you know this this comes out in in you know 1991 and luke skywalker sitting at home and he's like hey it's my kind of movie yeah but <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> forget return to the jedi return to the blue lagoon i'm on board mm-hmm. two two lightsabers way up um yeah it's like you said it just kind of was it was it was okay i mean it was i remember when the when the other people showed up on the island and there was that conflict um i thought you know i, I maybe it would have been nice to have this a little earlier in the movie or once we had gotten that see once we got that far into the movie i was like do we really need these people here right like i don't i don't know do you, do you need the whole conflict of all of a sudden you have to introduce another uh, young female for him to be attracted to? And, you know, do we have to go through all of that? I don't know. It just, you know, some of that just kind of fell, fell a little flat for me. Yeah. I, and, and all the awkwardness of the love story piece. Yeah. It, that was kind of the thing. And I know that uh, the podcast that we like to listen to the, uh, greatest generation one. Um, those guys will often talk about episodes. Do the episodes hit or are not? They'll talk about stakes. Did you feel any stakes in the movie? What, did it feel like anything was at stake in the, in the show? You know, like, did you feel like the characters were at risk? Did you, did you genuinely feel like, Oh my gosh, how are they going to get out of this one? And I didn't feel any stakes in this movie. Yeah. And I think that was partly the issue. Like, you know, well, they're surviving on this desert island or this tropical island or, you know, the, but it's a paradise and they're healthy. Their teeth are in good shape. They're, you know, everything is, uh, God, gosh, I'm yawning just talking about the movie. <laughs> it's, um, you're just talking about it. It's making you fall asleep. I, I did. I'm just going to nod off. I'm just going to suddenly just, you're going to hear my breathing become more rhythmic and in the middle of my thought, I'm mm-hmm. just done. But I, I guess that's just what can sum it up for me. There were no stakes in this movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, okay, I, it, I mean, it, like I said, cool premise, Yeah. but just no stakes. I never felt like they were in danger. I never felt like, oh man, he's really be temp- going to be tempted by this other girl or, you know, the, you know, the main character female is actually going to be um, attacked by this other guy. Heaven forbid right. that that would happen. Like, I, I would not want to see that. Like, that would be like, okay, well, I mean, that was not the direction I wanted it to go. Right. But I mean, like, at no point, at no point did I feel like there were any stakes. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm watching this thing and it's just kind of humming right along. Yeah. It's, it I don't co- even know. It, I don't it, even know how it ended. How did it end? Did they get off the island, or did they decide to stay? No, they decided to stay because remember they they could have gone back to civilization, and they said no, right. forget it. We don't want civilization. We're going to stay here. And so the movie ended yeah. with with scenes of them playing with their child. 
That's right. That their child was born, and that's how it ended. Right. And what you don't see is that they fashion a boat for themselves, and they get in the boat with their child. And in the next movie, Mila Jovovich didn't want to come back for it, so they got some body double to play a mm-hmm. dead her in the boat when they find their child. And I don't know. I Yeah. I, I think there is another sequel, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, I. Oh my God, I'm yawning again. John is putting me to sleep. <laughs> although oh. you know, although that's that's not a good indicator because you fell asleep in the Wolverine. I did fall asleep in the Wolverine. So, I fell asleep when I like movies. I know. I'm, I, I'm not sure it's an indication that you didn't like the movie if you start yawning. Yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, maybe that would have made the movie better as if the Wolverine was if in Wolverine it. Wolverine showed up. Yeah, right. that'd he, just make everything okay. He could have taken out some of the cannibals. <sighs> right. That yeah. would have been. That would have been awesome. Sliced him up. It a was bit. kind of like he wouldn't have any. Remember? Hey, he wouldn't have any trouble getting water out of a coconut. He did. That's right, man. Mm-mm. That's right. It's like one of those Chuck Norris shirts. Chuck Norris stares at the coconut, and the water drains itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what that means. I um, I don't either. I just know Chuck Norris doesn't have to read books. He stares at them until he gets the information he needs. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, it's like when Chuck Norris went to the Virgin Islands. <laughs> okay. You heard about this? <laughs> No, but I'm 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 trying to guess. Well, when he left, they just became known as the islands. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, we'll have that's to edit that one. Uh, um, yeah, probably not. That's that's borderline. Um, it's good. Speaking speaking of line, it reminds me of the Family Guy when they go to the fair and they go in the line ride, and he's like, "Oh, the line ride, the line ride," and they stand in line and they're going through the line, and then all of a sudden they get done. It's like, "Thanks for riding the line ride," and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh." Well, let's do it again. And so they get back in line and they, and that's the line ride is you just wait in line. And it's like one of those like turnstile thing or not turnstiles, but you know, where you weave back and forth mm-hmm. like a maze and then you just go to the end and then you go back and do it again. That's kind of what this movie felt like. It was like, Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. Okay. Now we're done. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I know that, uh, oh, I know that, um, um, uh, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, channel my inner like 15 year old and say, well, it was fun watching Millage of, you know, uh-huh. but like, she's like, like 13 in it. And so it's kind of like, okay, right. I just feels wrong. She was, well, she was 15 and, but, but I mean, that's part of the problem is that they, yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter like 15 or whatever, that they, they act so childish that yeah. I, I don't know, even if even if the boy and girl were 22 it would still feel like Ugh. yeah i'm a little the, <laughs> I, I don't know i i well yeah i mean so let's pull back the curtain and talk about our ages <laughs> there's no age where that feels right well, i'm just no, saying right and 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 i'll tell you like sometimes you know it's funny you know you watch these movies or um so, okay, I, I'm, here's my pivot. I'm going to talk about race cars because, like, in going along with uh, our 30-something movie podcast, I went online and I found on YouTube, like, the entire IndyCar series from 30 years ago, 1991. Oh, nice. Then there's got the entire 92. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to do that. And it is so fun to go back and watch a race series from 30 years ago because it's like and i would imagine that would be like watching you know go back and watch every bears game from 91 or go back and watch Mm -hmm. the world series from 91 like i don't follow all the different sports i follow racing 
And it's like, you're watching it and it's like, cool. So much has changed, but then so much of it is very much the same. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just been fun. Now, what's my point other than race cars are cool. My point is I'm watching all the guys on the screen and they're, I remember them from when I was a kid getting into racing and they just seem like, like not old, like, like old farts kind of thing, but they just seemed older, more experienced. You know, the drivers, they were these Titanic larger than life figures and everything. And now I watch it and I still get that same feel, but then I realize, Oh my God, what, like they are 20 or 25 years younger on screen than I am now, but mm-hmm. they still, I, from my perspective, they still seem so much older because right. when I first saw them, I was so much younger. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. In this, I will always feel like older and I'm watching kids and it just feels wrong to think of it in any other context. Right. And I don't think of it in any other context, but nope. it's just like, okay, I, I can't, I, I'm not it. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry guys. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. I'm out. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next movie. Our next one is Nothing But Trouble. Uh, This one came out on the 15th of February, 1991, rated PG-13. Runtime was one hour, 34 minutes. Directed by Dan Aykroyd. This is his only directing credit. Um, Unfortunately, this one did him in uh, with acting or with uh, directing. Uh, Producers were Lester Berman and Robert K. Weiss. Berman did The Postman and Crash, the TV series. Weiss did Tommy Boy and the Naked Gun movies. Writers for this one were the brothers, Dan and Peter Aykroyd. Dan did Ghostbusters, Blues Brothers. Uh, Peter was a writer for SNL and Psy Factor, The Chronicles of the Paranormal. Cinematography was done by Dean Cundy, who did Jurassic Park and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Editor was Malcolm Campbell and James R. Simons. Campbell did Coming to America and the Blues Brothers, and Simons did Cobra and Over the Top. And music was done by Michael Common, who did, uh, he died in 2003, and he did X-Men and Lethal Weapon. Did we? I think I've always messed his name up. Is it Cayman or Common? Do you know? Uh, A lot of times I'll say say Cayman, and for some reason that time I said Common. Okay. I don't know. Let's just go back and forth until they tell us. Sure. Uh, Michael Cayman Islands. Right. There we go. Uh, budget for this one was forty million. Box office was eight point four million. So um, did okay. not uh, did did not do well at all there. Flick Metrics gave it a forty three percent, and I feel like this is pretty rare when you look at the cinema score. Even for the movies that are not that great with cinema score, it's like I think the one of the lowest we've seen when we've done these movies has been like a C plus or. Uh, something like oh, that. Uh, cinema score. Fun. Cinema score in this one was a D plus. Oh, okay. So not uh, people that went to go see this. Not happy when they were leaving the theater. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. This one was starring Chevy Chase as Chris Thorne. He was in Christmas Vacation and the TV series Community. Dan Aykroyd played Judge Alvin J P Vulcanheiser, uh, and he played Bobo. He was in Ghostbusters and The Great Outdoors. John Candy played Dennis and Eldana. He was in National Lampoon's Vacation and Uncle Buck. Demi Moore played Diane Lightson. She was in G.I. Jane and Ghost. Uh, Valerie Bromfield played Miss Perda. She was in Mr. Mom and Needful Things. Taylor Negron, who died in 2015, played, and I'm going to totally butcher the last name because I can't remember how they said it, um, Fausto Squirinisu. Gesundheit. Bless me, uh, for I have sinned. 
and so did this movie. The he was in the Last Boy Scout and Biodome, and Bertilla Damas played Rinalda Squirrelsnima. <laughs> Naga, Naga, I, Naga, Naga work here anymore. Klaatu, Verada, Necktie, Nectarine, Nickel. It's definitely an N word. <laughs> All right, well, um, I, I said the words. <laughs> I, I did, I said it. Um, she was in Brooklyn Nine Nine and Lucky. While attempting to seduce gorgeous lawyer Diane Lightson, a wealthy, I don't even know what this word is, wealthy gadabout. Oh, I don't okay. Know. That was in this little synopsis I found for this. I have no idea what that word is or means. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a made up let's, word. Let's take a moment and let's look it up. Uh, apparently it means traveler or gallivanter, um, mm. rover. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. The more you huh. know. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Uh, wealthy gadabout, Chris Thorne, agrees to drive her to Atlantic City, New Jersey, but when some reckless driving draws the attention of a deeply critical cop, they and the flamboyant Brazilianaires who tagged along end up in the court of a grotesque and vengeful judge who has a special vendetta against the wealthy. <laughs> Give me the keys, Mike. Chevy Chase. Hey, you just passed the Garden State Parkway South. Don't worry, I'll get you there. Demi Moore. Oh, no, cop. Driver, step outside the car, please. John Candy. Read him. Yeah, that's nice, thanks. The lower back, please. I got an itch right up in there. It's good, thank you. Not today, sir. This may be Valkenvania, but it is still America. Wouldn't mind, would you just write a ticket here or... We could settle it some other way, perhaps. That's not the way things work around here. What is this place? Revolving District Court for the Village and Shire of Balkanvania is now in order. The Honorable Reeve Alvin Balkanizer presides. Dan Aykroyd. Put out that dog rocket! Nothing but trouble. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know, you and I ought to spend a little more time together. I'd like that. Would you? Welcome to The Last Resort. You look pretty this evening, sister. Doing something different with your hair? <laughs> Where something's always cooking. How about a nice Hawaiian punch? Uh, you're some good friends. Okay, let's eat. Where someone's always shaken. And anything's better than... House policy. What's house policy? But whatever man touches her is the one she keeps. What? All they wanted. Oh no, wait a minute. I just went through a damn stoplight. Was a little getaway. I think the two of you'd make a perfect couple. You make this a bride? No. no. Not in front of all these people, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Now. All they got was nothing but trouble. All right. Well, I think that trailer pretty much sums up uh, what the movie is about. And that is to say, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it was kind of a, it was like one of the things I read about this movie was that um, Chevy Chase hated the script. 
but he really wanted to work with Dan Aykroyd. They were good friends, and they wanted to work together, and they thought they could fix the movie by improvising a lot. And mm -hmm. it kind of feels like they walked into this like, hey, we'll just – the script is not good. We'll improvise. Um, you know, let's just do a whole bunch of stuff off the cuff, and, and it'll be great. And normally I would say Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, guys like that, absolute John Candy, I would imagine. Um, you know, it's it's got a great cast of people. It just is not good. Yeah, it it just doesn't gel, does it? No. Now, eh. now Chevy Chase, he does plenty of Chevy Chase isms. Um, you know, he's he's himself. You know, he's what you expect from Chevy Chase. But the rest of it is just I I don't know. It's I I like a good every once in a while I like a good weird movie. This movie is almost too weird. Yeah it it reminded me of a little bit of the Burbs. Yep. Um, it reminded me a little bit of, okay, like, you know, that whole idea of the small town law kind of run amok, you know, yeah. um, it, which is kind of a trope in some movies. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, Chevy Chase was really good. John Candy is infinitely is always worth watching on screen. Um, Dan Aykroyd was kind of in such heavy makeup and, you know, he really didn't get a chance to do the typical Dan Aykroyd thing. Um, but yeah, it just, it was just, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, well, like you said, it's, it's a, li a little bit like the burbs, but it's like if you added a lot more weirdness. It was almost like that. They had some beats of like the people under the stairs too. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was just like But like to the extreme. It's like you know what it made me when you said that, it's like it's a little bit like the burbs. It made me think of the line in um in uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Okay. It's a little it's it's quiet. Yeah, a little too quiet. Well that yeah. was easy. Yeah, a little too easy. Look, it's Raph. Yeah, a little too Raph. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, like, come yeah, on. it's it's like the burbs. It's a little too burbs. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all I got to say about it. And, and it never locked in and became sensible. It mm -hmm. never locked in and was like, okay, there's some firm ground that we can firm ground that we can sink our teeth into. <laughs> right. I mean, it was like, it just, it, it just never solidified. And it, I, I mean, it felt, I mean, like I said, I had a great cast and it, yep. it feels like it should have been, it should have had plenty moments, uh, plenty of moments of of humor, and it just very little of the humor hit for me. And and I really yeah. enjoy, I enjoy a good Chevy Chase movie and Dan Aykroyd and John Candy and, um, you know, but because I mean it's, it's a yeah. funny enough premise. It Dan Aykroyd, I guess this is based on some personal experience. I guess he got pulled over late one night while he was speeding in like a small southern town. And they took him to a judge in the middle of the night for a trial. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, so I mean that you've, you've got the beginnings of what could be, you know, you could you could have some pretty humorous situations going on there. But I so much of it, and especially when we get to the scenes of of um, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because we're watching this in, in 2021, but um, some of the scenes with John Candy you know, playing both himself and the sister. Um, yeah. Some of that being a little awkward. And then, yeah. and then it's just, I don't know, the 
Dan Aykroyd with the with the crazy amounts of pretty terrible old man makeup on. Um, yeah. And just the weird stuff like, yes, I'm I'm all for absurd and I'm all for weird. But sometimes at least some of the weird has to be grounded in something like it's got to it's got to yeah. connect somehow. And this is uh-huh. sometimes we talk about those movies that it just it seems like it was a bunch of skits that got thrown together. Um, there's no connective tissue here. Right. It just it doesn't. Like, what did you say? It doesn't gel. It doesn't gel. Yeah. It doesn't solidify. They, yeah. Like it doesn't solidify under your feet. Like there's nothing. No firm ground. No. Okay, we're gonna do this. Yeah. And I mean, even the end was like, okay, he jumped through the wall. I, like, okay. I, yeah. 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 That's yeah. all. That's all I gotta say about that. Well, and the I don't know the um, the the makeup on um, Dan Aykroyd in this one. Uh huh. It just I don't know the the makeup just seemed so awkward that yeah you know i was like i you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of um uh bill murray's boss in scrooge when he's dead right like the the ghost boss and uh like how gross he is and he's like you know skin flaking off and things like that it was a little bit like that like i i didn't want to i didn't even want to look at the the tv screen when i was watching this and dan Aykroyd came on i'm just like this is just is he supposed to be an old man? Is he supposed to be a zombie? Is he, sp- I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And then the two guys that were like the descendants. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, those guys were just gross. Yeah. I mean, that was just, that was just gross. But I, was, you know, and I mean, it was so, ugh. it was so far towards the absurd that it just wasn't, I don't know. I had a hard time finding humor in a lot of it. Right. So I could understand, yes. you know, I, I, these actors, I usually love all of these actors in their movies. I can understand why people give it a D minus walking out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Chuck Norris would have roundhouse roundhouse kicked this one. Yeah, that's what he would have done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that one gave us nothing but trouble. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Hudson Hawk. Uh, okay. Hudson Hawk came out twenty fourth of May, nineteen ninety one, rated R. Runtime of one hour, 40 minutes, uh, directed by Michael Lehman, who also did Heathers and 40 Days and 40 Nights. Producer for this one was Joel Silver. He did The Matrix and Die Hard. Writers for this one, uh, Bruce Willis. This was other than a short that he did called The Return of Bruno. This is his only writing credit. Uh, also, okay. Robert Kraft did story. Stephen E. D'Souza did screenplay. Daniel Waters did screenplay. Craft, uh, I think Hudson Hawk was his only credit. D'Souza did Die Hard and Commando. Waters did Heathers and Batman Returns. Cinematography was done by Dante Spinati, who also did The Last of the Mohicans and Heat. Uh, editor was Chris Levenzon and Michael Tronick. Uh, Levenzon did Top Gun and Crimson Tide. Tronick did Scent of a Woman and Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, music, oh, so we here we got another one here. I'll call him Michael Kamen this time. Music was done by Michael Kamen, who died in 2003, and Robert Kraft. Kamen did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and X-Men, and Kraft did The Little Mermaid and the cartoon series Tailspin. Mm. Budget for this one was sixty-five million. Box office was ninety-seven million. So this is one that actually made its money. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, Flick Metrics uh, gives this one a fifty-two percent. Not a high one for okay. Flick Metrics. Uh, Cinema Score gives it a C plus. So folks coming out of the theater, not 
not super excited about this one. It's no D minus, but you know, yeah, C plus is kind of low for a cinema score. Um, starring yeah. Bruce Willis, who played Hudson Hawk. He was in Pulp Fiction and The Sixth Sense. Danny Aiello, who died in 2019, played Tommy Five Tone. He was in Do the Right Thing and Moonstruck. Andy McDowell played Anna Baragli. I probably said that wrong. Uh, she was in Groundhog Day and Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That was another one of your favorites we've done. Mm, um, that was good. Uh-huh. James Coburn, who died in 2002, played George Kaplan. He was in The Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape. Richard E. Grant played Darwin Mayflower. He was in Gosford Park and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Sandra Bernhard played Minerva Mayflower. She was in The King of Comedy and the TV series Highlander. Uh, David Caruso, you know what I meant to uh, what I meant to insert here. Maybe I'll go back and do that later. I meant to insert. Anytime I want to say David Caruso's name, I want to insert the uh, NC or not NCIS. Um, what is it? CSI. The yeah. Whenever he would take off the glasses. Yeah, man. The beginning of do that. it. I'm gonna go put that back in later. So that's uh, yeah. There you note, go. Note to so edit. Note to self here. Remember to put that back in later. There we go. That's what she okay. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Let's edit that too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, I remember to edit that part. Um, yes. Uh, David Caruso played Kit Kat. Um, let's see. Hold on. Let's do it this time. David Caruso played Kit Kat. He was in First Blood and CSI Miami. Frank Stallone played uh, Caesar Mario who was in Barfly mm -hmm. and Staying Alive, and Carmine Zazora played Anthony Mario, who was in Die Hard and The Last Boy Scout. Oddly enough, they would be the Mario Brothers. Ha-ha. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, thief extraordinaire Hudson Hawk has just been released from prison, and um, all he wants is a nice cappuccino. However, before he can savor his favorite beverage, the highly eccentric and wealthy Darwin Mayflower and his equally odd wife, Minerva, rope Hawk into an ambitious series of heists. Soon, Hawk is stealing no less than major works by Leonardo da Vinci, priceless pieces that the Mayflowers plan to use in an exceedingly nefarious way. Oh, hey, what is that? Girl, can I ask you a question? How do I look? Like a fraternity thing? <laughs> I just got out of jail yesterday. I didn't want to steal anything. I didn't want to go to Europe. All I wanted was a cappuccino. You still think you're the greatest cat burglar that ever lived? You are one hell of a thief. Hudson Hawk is an evil, evil man. I'm just some guy that's good at swiping stuff. Eddie, we're hanging off a castle in the middle of Italy, and you're asking me how you look? Okay, okay, you don't gotta get tacky about it. We're gorgeous, you look like Zorro. Well, I didn't know. Buongiorno. Yeah, buongiorno. Maybe you could help me. I'm being blackmailed into robbing the Vatican by a psychotic American corporation and the CIA. I don't, uh... <laughs> you don't speak English? You have very beautiful eyes for a man. I got a bad feeling. I can't even swim. Hell, Paul will probably kill you. Da -da -da. Oh, we ain't got a Oh, I was afraid you weren't gonna drop by. You may be ragged and 
Still in the sports bus it, and ended up swiping the codex. Yeah, but what are your plans for the weekend? Hosting away the Coliseum? Can't we just go back to the kissing part? Life doesn't get much better than this. This one was the one that I felt like might have been the closest to. I don't know. In a certain way, this one felt a little bit like it might have been the closest to not deserving the Razzie Award. Um, Agreed. Just at least in terms of you know its plot and everything else, I it was a it was a little it was a little quirky, and you know there were definitely some definitely some issues story wise and and things like that. But I watched this one. I was like, I you know what? I don't know. I don't know that it deserves a Golden Razzie Award. Yeah, I I agree with you. I you know I I enjoyed the movie. I, I gotta be honest. I mean, there were some things that were a little bit like eh, but the premise was fun. I mean the characters that they got on there, you know, the actors that they got in there, you know, were fun to watch in their roles. I yeah. Yeah. Um, would it shock you to learn that this was, of all the ones that we're talking about tonight, this is the one that won Worst Picture? Really? Yeah. They thought this was worse than... Um, they than, uh, they thought this was worse. So the, the other ones we have not talked about yet are Cool as Ice, and the one mm-hmm. that we're barely going to talk about is Dice Rules with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> This one was voted as worst picture. Well, okay. You know, that's just like so, uh, your opinion, man. I let me. Although let me. Well, so so here's sometimes where I have a little bit of an issue with, you know, how this might get voted on and and why they vote certain ones for, you know, worst picture and worst actor and and everything else. Um, I'm going to go to the worst actor care category and let me read those to you. And I will have you guess which one you think might have been voted worst actor, mm-hmm. and, and see if you agree with those. So okay, so uh, so from so hang on a second. Yeah, this was voted best worst picture. This is worst picture. Yeah, and in it are the worst actors. Is that when that's what we're? Uh, not necessarily. Bruce Willis did get nominated for worst actor for this one. Okay. So the nominations, I'm not going to tell you who won yet, but the nominations for Worst Actor for these Razzie Awards were Bruce Willis in Hudson Hawk, Vanilla Ice in Cool as Ice, Sylvester Stallone in Oscar, Andrew Dice Clay as himself in Dice Rules, and Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Which of those do you think got voted Worst Actor? Please don't tell me they voted Kevin Costner. Would you like to just move on to the next movie? Can we move on to the next movie? <laughs> they, yeah, they voted. They, Ke- they of, voted Kevin Costner. Of all of those, they voted Kevin Costner the worst actor. I, you know, uh, that's when I don't understand wh- how who vote what the flames on the side of my face, um, flames burning. 
I I just I'm kind of done now, John. Yeah, I'm just done. I'm going to continue to do the podcast oh, out of fine. love. Then I and oh, loyalty. So, so here you go. But, then I went further down, and I I made the mistake of looking at worst screenplay. Okay. Worst screenplay. The nominees are Return to the Blue Lagoon, Nothing But Trouble, Dice okay. Rules, Cool as Ice, and Hudson Hawk. So all these that were up for worst picture, also up for worst screenplay. Which one do you think won okay. worst screenplay? Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk won worst screenplay. Worse than Dice Rules. Worse than Cool as Ice. Worse than Return to the Blue Lagoon. You know what? It's got to be like. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I got I, nothing. But this like, one, I'm I mean, just... the, the premise of this one, the premise of this one was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. You know, exactly. You know, I mean. I mean, it was a little, yeah. it was a little like the beginning was a little weird. It was like, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Are we, we're in, we're in Renaissance times. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, yeah. follow, I'll try to follow along here. Um, you know, so, but it was, it was at least unique, even if some of it was a little weird and quirky. And at times I, hmm, how did I want to say this part? Um, when it did the very cartoonish things like the guy running through the wall and leaving the outline of his body, um, you know, yeah. the wall, and like yeah. the cartoon sound effects, if it had done that a little bit more in the movie, I would have been like, oh, okay, they're using that to demonstrate the absurdity of all this. But because they only did it, it felt like once or twice, I was like, well, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there were little things here and there that I feel like if they would have just been, if they would have been a little more consistent with some of the things that they were doing, then it might not have seemed so weird. There were a couple times, though, where I was kind of, like, I literally felt like I was taken out of the movie watching experience because I was like, wait a minute. Is this a yeah. is this a Bruce Willis movie or is this a Looney Tunes cartoon? Yes. It was a little overly weird and it yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean it was a But otherwise it was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was a fun premise. I I like that they sing songs that they know how long it lasts. Yeah. You know, and that tells them how long they have till the safe the alarm goes off for the safe or whatever. I, I thought that was a cool little twist. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. Yeah, this was of the list of them. This was the first Razzie that I watched. Yeah, and it was like, oh, well, if these are this, if this is how bad a Razzie is, I'll take this. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I made the mistake of starting with the next one that we're going to talk about. Oh, uh, and it took me three days to watch it. Yeah, just because I I felt like I felt like my brain started leaking out of my ears, and so I needed Wait to stop every once in a while. Well, I got to be careful. If are we talking about Vanilla Ice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of enjoyed that one. I'm sorry okay. to admit it. All right. That's, <laughs> that's fine. Everybody, every, hey, you know what? Everybody has the right to be wrong. Is everybody, so, yeah, yeah. everybody has the right to be wrong. Yeah. Okay, no worries. That's, no that's worries, fine. man. That's fine. I'm, I'm sorry. That's good. No, that's, that's good. That's fine. So, so yeah. So, we'll we'll leave Hudson Hawk as really not that bad. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. And I just, you know. Com compared, I'm, well, compared with the last one we're going to talk about, which will take maybe like 60 seconds, uh, if that. Yeah. Um, I, there's yeah. no reason, there's no reason this one should have been voted worst picture. No, no. I, and you know what? That whole voting and uh, I'm just, yeah. For the worst picture. And I, I'm, just, I'm just unplugging a lot from society now, John. And mm -hmm. I'm just kind of done with that whole thing. 
Yeah. That whole thing being people that leave bad reviews for yeah. movies. Oh, here we go. I'm just, I, I don't know. I was, I was curious. What did you find? What did you find? Members of the Golden Raspberry Award organization composed of filmmakers and very opinionated film buffs from around the world vote to determine. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, here. Okay, I lost it. I got it. I got it. No, I lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, where did it go? Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, members of the Golden Raspberry Award organization composed of filmmakers and very opinionated film buffs from around the world vote to determine the recipients. Voting members hail from all 50 United States and every continent with the exception of Antarctica. Um, the ceremony is modeled after the Academy Awards, but done with deliberate intent to be low end and tacky. But apparently, so on another thing that I had seen here real quick was um, that the, okay, nominees and winners are voted on by the Golden Raspberry Foundation, a group that anyone can join if they pay a yearly subscription fee. Oh. So, so I guess any Yahoo who wants to can join the Golden Raspberry Society. Okay. Now I'm curious. Maybe I want to vote. Maybe you want an in. Join the organization and change it from the inside job. Maybe. I could do that. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, that might explain some of it then. Yeah. But, yeah. Or somebody just didn't like Bruce Willis. That could be too. All right. Uh, The last movie we're going to spend any extended amount of time talking about uh, yes. is Cool as Ice, which came out on the 18th of October, 1991, uh, rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 31 minutes, directed by David Kellogg, who did the 1999 Inspector Gadget and tons of commercials. Um, producer for this mm-hmm. one was Carolyn Pfeiffer and Lionel Wigram. Pfeiffer did The Quiet and The Whales of August. Wigram did The Man from Uncle and Sherlock Holmes. Writer for this one was David Sten. He did the uh, episodes of the series Beverly Hills 90210 and episodes of the series Boardwalk Empire. Cinematography mm-hmm. was done by, uh, I think it's Janusz Kaminski. He was the cinematographer for Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Editor for All this right. one was Deborah Goldfield, who did Spaceballs and Battlefield Earth. Music was Stanley Clark, who did Boys in the Hood and The Transporter. Budget was $6 million. Box office was $1.2 million. Um, <laughs> flick metrics gives it a 35% and cinema score couldn't even be bothered. Uh, all right. Uh, starring vanilla ice is Johnny. He was in that's my boy and the ridiculous six Deezer D who died in 2021 played jazz. He was in ER and bringing down the house. Kevin Hicks played sir D. Uh, he was in, in a heartbeat and dance me outside. Allison Dean played princess. She was in coming to America and the TV series alias. Bobby Brown played Monique. She was in Last Action Hero and Baywatch Nights. Kristen Minter played Kathy. She was in ER and Home Alone. Sydney Lassick, who died in 2003, played Roscoe. was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Carrie. Uh, Dodie Goodman, who died in 2008, played May. She was in Grease and Splash. John Newton played Nick. Uh, he was in the TV series Superboy and Alive. Candy Clark played Grace. He was in American Graffiti and The Man Who Fell to Earth. Michael Gross played Gordon. He was in Family Ties, the TV show, and the Tremors movies. And Victor DiMattia played Tommy. He was in The Sandlot and Turner and Hooch. 
Johnny is a rebellious rapper whose ice-cold heart thaws when he sets eyes on Kristen Minter. Uh, they couldn't be more different, though. She's a straight-A student whose biggest thrills come from horseback riding. He's a moody misfit who tears up the street with his yellow motorcycle. It won't be easy to win her heart, especially with Kristen's athletic ex-boyfriend blocking the way. But when her dad gets in trouble with gangsters, Johnny proves his worth. Their values are from the 50s. Their homes are from the 60s. And their music is from the 70s. Well, let's start chasing. So are we having fun yet or what? But now, this sleepy little town is about to become cool as ice. Drop it. Drop that zero and get with the hero. You are the girl for me. See you later, Dick. It's Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick. Sometimes I'd like to do something really wild just because I never have. If you ain't true to yourself, then you ain't true to nobody. Your love can take me higher. I want you to stay away from him. He's not what you think he is. My brother's been kidnapped. What we want, Jim, is a little collection on an old IOU. You're the eye, and we're the you. You're all wrong. You didn't do anything. Come on, get on. How can you know that, Catherine? I trust him, Dad. Vanilla Ice is going to take an uncool world I'm the teacher, man, you're and chill it to the bone. Well, I hope you like being a biker chick because you're not going to see me or my car again. Imagine that. From Universal Pictures, cool as ice. <sighs> I, I had fun watching it. I'm sorry. I know it was cheesy. I know it was, but I'm just like, I can't. see you later. My name is Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I just had fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, viewership. I had fun. That's, uh, <laughs> that's extraordinary. What would you like to do next? <sighs> John, you're not laughing. <laughs> I'm the only one laughing on the pod. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> God, this, where do I even start? Well, it has Naomi Campbell and motorcycles, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, I, 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 I see nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were distracted. You, you had the motorcycle. I was, I was I had Naomi Camp, Naomi Campbell and motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, it was Naomi Campbell, right? Yeah, yeah. She had the cameo. She was dancing and singing. Yep. I think for the first two minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, frankly, I feel like somebody, somebody, you, you could, you could like film paint drying, and as long as they put motorcycles or Monica Bellucci in front of it, you'd be totally fine. I, I there it is. So. Well, it it was it was basically yeah yeah basically you're right essentially yes yeah. I I think what the problems I had with this one were <laughs> God where where do I even begin? Um. 
I, I think I've said before, and I, this is going to make me sound like the the old, you know, like, fuddy-duddy dad, uh, the, the <laughs> curmudgeon. Um, I've said before, there is that one song, and I, I've never been bothered to look up who actually sings it. Um, the uh, the song about the, the, like, young guy who is dating the girl, and he's he's basically singing the song to the girl's dad. Um, it's the, why you got to be so rude. Um I'm going to marry her anyway. I don't care what you say, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the dad mm-hmm. doesn't approve of him. And so he's like, I don't care whatever you say. I'm going to, I'm going to marry her anyway. And you know, you just being rude, man. Um, I hear that song. And I guess maybe if I was still in my twenties, I'd be like, yeah, man, why you gotta be so rude? But right. I'm 40 now and I have a daughter I of my just, own Yeah, and I hear that song and I side with the dad. I get what you're saying. And in this movie, I side with anybody who's not Vanilla Ice. All right. Because, he, I All don't right. know, it's just that whole, he walks in with it. It's just his attitude. Okay. Right. And, and when I was a kid, right. I'm sure if I had seen this as a kid, I would have been like, yeah, man, Vanilla Ice is so cool. Because I liked Vanilla Ice back then. Um, mm-hmm. Watching it now, he walks up. And when he walks up to the to the parents and, and everything else, he's like, Yo, um, I'm I'm looking for Kathy, man. You know, I, I'm just and he's like doing that whole, you know, that whole kind of like I'm the coolest thing that's ever existed on earth kind of attitude. And I'm just sitting there. So what I I actually sat there and I started putting my own hands around my own throat and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um now if I remember right, the guy that he's trying to uh, uh, steal Kathy away from. That's, he's that's Superboy. a jerk. That's what was that? He was Superboy. Okay. You no, know, there was a and Superboy he's... TV series in the eighties, and he was Superboy. Okay, and he is the bad guy, right? Because isn't he kind of pushing her around a little bit? And everything. Well, he is. Yeah, I mean, there's gangsters. There's the jerk boyfriend. Right. And the dad is undercover. He's in witness protection, right? Correct. All right. This was another one that it kind of the it was a mixture of I just don't like the persona that Vanilla Ice was portraying in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I didn't like his persona. Just it just it's it's like it, it's like if Bobcat Goldthwait was whispering in my ear. Oh um, yeah, it, it would yeah. just it'd be the exact same thing. Um, and come to find out, I actually listened to a podcast that Bobcat Goldthwait was on and I almost turned it off. I was like, Oh, no, turn it off. And it's the first time. And I knew, I knew that he doesn't do that all the time. It was the first time I'd ever mm-hmm. heard his voice just normal. Okay. And I was like, all right, I can listen to you. Yeah. I just, but I've had a little bit too much, you know, it's like, you know, you, you have, you have too much, too much uh, peanut butter as a kid. Then you don't like it as an adult for some people. Right. Um, right. It's a little bit like right. Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, but no, it was the, it was the vanilla ice persona in this movie that just was like fingernails on a chalkboard. Um, mm-hmm. it was that whole scene. I, the one that really kind of threw me was the whole motorcycle repair scene. Okay. And I was like, when the, when that older guy is like, yeah, I can fix this for you. And it, it just, it was getting so absurd and so yeah. silly that I was like, is this a, is this meant to be a comedy movie or is this a I don't know what this is it was another one that I, I couldn't pinpoint what kind of movie it wanted to be 
Right. And then for the most part, it was just, and, and, you know, I guess rightfully so because he was a commercial director, but the whole thing just seemed like a giant music video commercial. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it's just that, like the- that I, I could not get into any of the story. Um, I mean, the, the dad, um, I've, I've always loved him in Family Ties. Uh, Michael Gross mm-hmm. played the dad. Tremors. And he's great in Tremors, yeah. Um, you picked the wrong, you, what was it, the <laughs> wrong basement to break into? Uh-huh, yep. That's right. Yeah, that's right, because that was the, you picked yep. the wrong basement to break into, buddy. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so, no, I mean, I, it had it had things about it that, you know what, if I had watched this, like I said before, if I watched this as a kid, I probably would have enjoyed it. Right. Right. But watching it as an adult and just those things just kind of grating on my nerves, I was like, I just don't, I don't think I can like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, there was the not quite so subtle, uh, what was the scenery of the jackhammer going off in the desert? Um, and I, and I was like, is this like their version of Hitchcock and a train going into a tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't quite tell. Is is somebody doing the flight of the bumblebee? I don't know. Uh-huh. Oh wait, that's the Green Hornet theme. Close, oh, but yeah, not the same. Pretty close. I mean, it's all it's all bugs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, that's that's kind of that's how I sum this one up. Is it just? I don't know. It was the first of these movies that I tried to watch, and it did. It really did take me about three or four days to watch this one because right. I would watch a little bit, and I would just be like, "Oh, good grief!" <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's take a little break, and we'll come back to it. And all right, once more into the breach. You know, it's like a it's like a kid eating broccoli. It's you know, you push some of it off to the side of your plate, and you're like, maybe if I could just hide it under something, they they won't notice I haven't eaten it yet, and. Right. It's it's that kid that, you know, everybody finished having dinner about 45 minutes ago, and that kid is still sitting there because the parents won't let him get up until they finish. Right. That's right. how I felt trying to watch this movie. All right. So, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. I, did. I had fun. I had fun watching it. I was excited for you that there were motorcycles. I There were motorcycles. So. And I mean, like the cheesy thing when he's racing the girl with when she's on the horse and stuff, and he jumps over the fence, and uh-huh. then he knocks her off the horse. I mean, oh man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, even the jump over the fence—that was just funny to me. Oh, I know. I was like, I was watching that. I was like, this is like Hot Shots, but not good. Uh, exactly. I thought. I thought the same thing. Hey, this is like the scene from Hot Shots. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, um, Patrick. I'm. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna jump here real quick. Um, it to, was fun talking about the Razzies this year. It was fun talking uh, about the Razzies this year. I, I have a button that I need to make sure I have ready to go before I say one last thing about the last quote-unquote movie that was listed here as one of the nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the last Razzie nominee for these movies from 1991 um, was a movie. I'm going to say that with a, with a question mark. Um, mm-hmm was a movie called Dice Rules. And it was a kind of a combination. It had some scenes, um, had some little little skits, little scenes uh, interspersed with stand-up comedy by Andrew Dice Clay. Um, I'm going to admit that I have not spent a lot of time watching or listening to Andrew Dice Clay. 
Uh, yep. I, I knew him by reputation. Yep. And so I, and I was having a hard time finding a copy of this one until you told me, you're like, Hey, you can find it on YouTube. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll, I'll try to try to give it a watch. And you're like, yeah, just watch maybe like the first five minutes mm-hmm. and then skip ahead to about half an hour into it. And then maybe yep. watch like two or three minutes there. And you got a pretty good sense of what the rest of it's going to be like. And there it and, is. And Patrick, I yep. did. I, I watched the first five minutes. Um, I don't know what was going on, but I mm-hmm. watched the first five minutes and it was remarkably yep. stupid. And yep. then I got into the uh, stand up comedy part. And, yeah. and I do use the word comedy loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody, hey, we may get a huge uptick in um, in Patreon supporters after I say all this stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if any of our listeners are big Andrew Dice Clay fans or, or anything like that. Like I said, I'd never really listened to him at all. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to sound like the, the old curmudgeonly man again here. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely hated it. Like hated it with a passion. Like I, mm-hmm. I would based on this, my first viewing of anything Andrew Dice Clay, um, I will never, I will avoid him like the plague and I will never listen to anything that has his name attached to it ever again in my entire life. Um, so say we all. Uh, so say we all. So it was just, I don't know. I mean, I, and I would have been a kid, so I wouldn't have listened to anything like this when I was 10 years old. But I don't know. It just listening to listening to his stand up and just the stuff he was saying and just it was just mean. It was just it, it was it was just mean. It wasn't even funny. Like, no, I, I felt like. And there are some times where I'll listen to some comedians who, you know, obviously they're they're going to tell plenty of plenty of jokes that people would find offensive, um, you know, and, and I have some I have some comedians that I really enjoy. I really I enjoy, you know, Tom Segura. I think he's I think he's funny. I enjoy Daniel Tosh. I think he's funny, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Yeah, it just you're I think you hit it, the nail on the head. Um, it's just mean. It just seemed mean and just sleazy and yeah i i can't think of too many other ways to describe it it just you you felt you felt dirty even just listening to it i felt like i needed to go take a shower after i listened to it yes yes i i i have nothing john but honestly other than just to agree with you yeah. it, it wasn't my particular brand of humor i really want to try to just not tear into something, right, you know, right. some, some of the guys, you know, life work and everything, but I, I just, it just seemed mean. I, I didn't hear commentary. I, you know, I didn't hear everyone getting ripped out, you know, like I just, yeah, it was, it was just mean. Yeah. It was just mean. So, so if, if, if somebody listening to this really likes Andrew Dice Clay, then uh, clearly we, we can disagree on that one, but um, yeah, that was, that being my first exposure to him and to his comedy, I'm just, I'm just like, nope, not only nope, but nope and never again. So that's, uh, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. I got nothing to add, John. I'm sorry. I wish I, I but I just, I got nothing else to add. So of these, I think, I think the obvious answer to this question, at least for me is dice rules. Um, of these, 
which which would you have voted worst picture? Actually, you know what? Let's take dice rules out of the running because we probably would both okay. say that's the worst one. Okay. Yes, I would agree with that. And, and, it's, and, and now, it's not even it's not even really a movie. So. And so are we are we ranking them in least favorite to favorite order? No, just which one which one is the worst out of all these? Which one was your least favorite? <sighs> least favorite. Dice rules coming out of it. Um yeah. Hmm. So I like the Bruce Willis one. Cool. You know, honestly, um, Blue Lagoon was probably my least favorite. Okay. But it had those view, those pictures of like the ship sailing. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, which one could I stomach watching again? And I don't know that I could rewatch Big Trouble Comes This Way or whatever it was called. Yeah, Nothing But Trouble. I Yeah, I won't watch that one again. Yeah. I don't think I could stomach rewatch it. So maybe it was nothing but trouble was my okay. least favorite. Okay. What about you? What about you? I, I got to go cool as ice. Cool as ice. I'm going to make that one my favorite. Just to, just to, just, just to spite me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. Hey. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just, I'm sorry. Drop, I had too much fun with it. Drop that zero and get with the hero. That's <laughs> oh man, that line! I'm using that somewhere tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm using that somewhere tomorrow. Uh-huh. I don't know. Oh, it might yeah. be eighth grade lunch. It might be at a faculty meeting. I'm not sure. I'm there not sure, but I'm using that line. It's it's okay. I, I think you can get a lot of mileage out of it. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going nothing but trouble. You're going cool as ice. Yeah. Okay. Cool no, as ice. Yeah. I, it, with with the other ones, I mean, I think I, cool as ice definitely would be least favorite for me. Uh, nothing but trouble's pretty close, and that's kind of sad because I do like a good Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, right. John Candy movie. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And then I would say, you know, Blue Lagoon. I would say the best one was. Um, um, see, the, <laughs> I was talking Blue Lagoon. I was. I started yawning again. again. <laughs> Oh man! Is this, um, but for you, the, this is like—is this like when people like see sunlight and they sneeze? Yeah, yeah. You start talking about Blue Lagoon, and all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, well, guys, it's, it's been a great uh, yeah. show." Yeah, half naked people on an island. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think the Bruce Willis one was the best one. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. No, that was the most entertaining of all of them. Um, I would imagine, in fact, I as I started to explain some of these movies when we were having dinner the other night, uh, Sharon was like, "Don't, don't, don't tell me about the Blue Lagoon one because I might want to see it." Uh, she did see the original, so she might be yeah. interested in seeing this other one. So I may end up watching it again, and knowing that I might watch it again, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining enough. I'd, I'd watch that one again. Um, yeah. At some point, I would probably want to watch the Bruce Willis one again and give it another chance yeah. and just kind of, you know, see. And But, uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Golden Raspberry Awards, 12th Golden Raspberry Awards for the movies of 1991. Um, so, thank you, Pat. This is always fun to talk movies with you and, and especially maybe a little bit, little bit off the beaten path from our usual episodes. Yeah, this was a fun one. We kind of cranked through some some Razzies and yeah, it was it definitely I think you told me like 4 or 5 months ago like here are the Razzies and it was like it took me 4 or 5 months to get through them. Yeah, it took me 4 um, or 5 months to get through Cool as Ice. 
I want to. I want to try something real quick. Blue Lagoon. I see. That's what I thought. Okay. It's contagious. It's like when you see other people yawn. It's it makes you want to yawn. I think we found the secret here. All right. Well, uh, 30podcast.com. Uh, is, um, j- oh, yeah. I'm sorry. J- John, I didn't fall asleep. What were we talking about again? Oh, I'm sorry. What was I, that again? I mentioned Blue oh. Lagoon, and that, that, that probably put you to sleep. I'm sorry. Did I not off again? You did. I didn't. Okay. I mentioned Blue Lagoon. I might have also oh. said I might have also said Mila Jovovich, and I think you fell asleep. <laughs> That's right. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Oh, I, no, worries. no worries. It happens. So uh, you want to know what I think about Gremlins 2? Is that... Gremlins 2 is a masterpiece compared to these. <laughs> yeah, I know. Masterpiece. Oh, man. Uh, what is also a masterpiece is, if you have not seen it yet, go watch the Key and Peele uh, skit where they talk about coming up with ideas for Gremlins 2. <laughs> yes. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes. Okay. It, it needs it needs to be watched if you haven't seen it. Um 30podcast.com is where you can find the rest of our episodes and check out more about our show. Join us on Patreon if you want to support us there and get access to the other episodes that are available on there. Uh, Don't forget to check out the Scene Stealers podcast network, scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episodes coming up are The Doors is coming up next week. The Fisher King is coming up after that. And then we're on into December. Our Patreon for December is It's a Wonderful Life. And then we Mm -hmm. got Stone Cold, Night on Earth, The Giver, my own private Idaho, Homicide, and City Slickers. And then our first episode for 1992 or 2022 will be Lethal Weapon 3. So Nice. Good stuff all around. Once again, as always, thank you so much, Pat, for being here with me. Oh, thank you, John. Fun times. Fun to talk some movies, all right. quote unquote. Yep. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. On occasion, go watch some bad movies. And we'll see you back here next time.